1: I discovered the Our Warpath Apostolate almost a year ago. It's an apostolate that's unique in its approach to reaching out to Catholics, and even more unique in its staffing and founding, all of which you'll learn in this episode. This week we're going to have an interview with Joseph Riggy, the brainchild and leader of this unique Catholic apostolate. You'll be amazed at this 24-year-old man's depth of Catholic spirituality and how he helps thousands of other young Catholics grow spiritually. The Mafia has an interesting and logical hierarchy. At the top of the food chain is the boss of the bosses. Then there's the territorial bosses. Next are the capos. Finally, you have the soldiers. The Sicilian Mafia is all but gone in America, but we have another kind of mafia-like criminal organization. It's called the Lavender Mafia, and it has overwhelmingly infiltrated the USCCB. Because Chicago is the primatial see in America, Cardinal Blaise Cupich is the boss of the bosses. The territorial bosses are his fellow bishops who belong to the Lavender Mafia. Their capos are the diocesan chancellors and vicars. The foot soldiers are all those priests who agree with the criminal bishops, or they're too cowardly to courageously oppose the heresies and sins of the Lavender Mafia bishops. The Sicilian Mafia made all its ill-gotten wealth through strong-arming, lying, cheating, and stealing. The Lavender Mafia is no different, except they wear ecclesiastical robes that give them the appearance of legitimacy. Make no mistake, the Lavender Mafia is every bit as evil as the Sicilian Mafia. Through the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, they promote abortion, socialism, defunding the police, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, contraception, and illegal immigration. Worst of all, they do it with your money. They lie to you in never-ending appeals and strong-arm the money through parish taxes of the money you give the parish. They depend on your money. Well, you can fight back. Until our bishops begin doing as they ought, we shouldn't give them a dime. So I invite you to download Catholic Bogus Bucks. Catholic Bogus Bucks are intended to send a clear message to these criminal, mafia-like bishops. They're great for wayward parish priests as well. Best of all, they're free to anyone who wants them. Try them out. This Sunday at collection time, assuming you're not happy with your parish priest, you know, the criminals who just haven't been promoted to bishop yet, drop a Catholic bogus buck in the collection basket rather than your hard-earned money. Message received. And the next time your bishop sends an envelope, he's demanding that you fill with your hard-earned money to finance his criminal activity, fill it with Catholic bogus bucks instead. Catholic Bogus Bucks are easy to use. All you have to do is download the Bucks and print all of them you want. They're free. Let me say that again. They're free. To get your Bogus Bucks, go to cantankerouscatholic.com slash evil dash bishops. Before we get to the interview, there are a couple of things I want to say. The first thing is a call to action. What Biden has done in Afghanistan is beyond unconscionable. He's directly responsible for what will be the deaths of thousands of Americans and Afghans who worked with America. Because he's left everyone twisting in the wind, private citizens have had to do what the Biden administration won't. There has actually been a group of retired Army Special Forces veterans go into Afghanistan without administration officials' approval. They rescued a special group of Afghans who helped us along with their families. Still, thousands of our American citizens are being abandoned to be slaughtered. When the Biden administration began using the phrase Americans who want to leave Afghanistan, I said then that there's going to be an excuse for abandoning thousands of Americans. That's exactly what's happening. The administration is abandoning thousands of Americans and saying they didn't want to come home. So here's your call to action. Call your congressman and U.S. senator. I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans. Call them. Tell them you demand that Biden be impeached during the month of September and removed from office. Tell them that if impeachment isn't accomplished this month, no matter who runs against them when they come up for re-election, you'll help support that person to get them elected. And tell them you'll be sure to shout long and hard how they were too cowardly to do what was necessary to save Americans in Afghanistan, that they're just as guilty of the blood of Americans as Biden is. Now, before I get myself settled down, there's something else I need to mention. As you'll recall, I spent about a month asking you to financially help the Emmy and Patrick Becky family in Nigeria, and you responded generously. I was able to get thousands of your dollars to them. They wanted to thank you themselves, but the internet connection was so bad I couldn't keep them online long enough to record it. Things are getting worse in Nigeria with Boko Haram. Every priest in Nigeria lives in fear of them, and the priests actually have it better than the laity. I got an email from Emmy today that said the security challenges in Nigeria is deepening to the point bandits and terrorists broke into the headquarter of the Nigerian Defense Academy, killed and kidnapped soldiers without any confrontation by the military until today. If such could happen to the headquarters of the military that is meant to protect and defend ordinary citizens, what then is the fate of the poor masses? Six-pack warriors, Boko Haram actually hacks Catholics to death with machetes and blows up parish churches full of parishioners. The government in Nigeria does nothing to protect them, so the Beckys have decided that they want to seek asylum in America. They're well-educated, Patrick's a polymer engineer, Emmy has a degree in mathematics and computer science, and both speak excellent English. So it's not like they can't make a positive contribution to American society, as opposed to millions of illegals flooding our country right now. I've tried to get the ball rolling from this end. Our State Department has been as helpful as a mosquito in a nudist colony. Our embassy in Nigeria doesn't even show a phone number and won't answer emails. The Nigerian embassy in Washington has been zero help. I've only located one Nigerian Catholic parish in Boston, and the priest there will neither take my calls nor answer my emails. Now, I'm not a very good researcher. Frankly, I'm not very good at anything for that matter, except that I'm a man who loves the Catholic Church in America. But I am a man with grit. But grit isn't going to be enough in this case. There are six-pack warriors in every walk of life. I need your help. Help me with the things you know, or the things you know that other people know, to do whatever is necessary to get the Becky family out of danger and into America. Keep in mind that this Catholic family risks their lives every single day by going to Mass in adoration. So I need your help, and I need it now. Help. Please. Okay, now now I'll settle down a bit and tell you about the Our Warpath Apostolate and its leader, Joe Riggy, whom they call El Capitan. The first thing about this apostolate that struck me is that it's extremely rare in its demographic. The cantankerous Catholic appeals mostly to Catholics between ages in 1834, but the Warpath appeals only to that demographic. And Warpath is apparently much larger than the cantankerous Catholic. In other words, they're reaching more of these young Catholics than I am, and I thank God for that. In the interview, Joe will give you more details about the apostolate, but I just want to tell you about its foundation before we get to the interview. Our warpath was founded by a few friends and brothers who went to the same school during their high school years. They were taught there always to strive to be strong Catholic men and to do all they could to make an impact on the world for good. But they found themselves, after graduation, in a world that was so much against everything they'd been taught. They felt isolated and constantly on the defensive for what they believed, so they decided to do something about it. They started the Our Warpath apostolate. But pretty quickly they realized that this was bigger than just their friends that had graduated. This was something that every Catholic needed, something to challenge them, something for them to be a part of. And so they went out and got together friends and other Catholics from all over the country to help in this endeavor. They brought in other men and women who share the same ideals and goals they have, and they now seek not only to excel in their own lives, but also to help all those they can in achieving discipline and excellence. They aren't attached or affiliated with any organization or religious order or parish. They're simply Catholic men and women waking up every day trying to be great in everything and challenging others to walk along the path with them. I'll let Joe Riggy tell you the rest. Let's listen. Six Pack Warriors, we have a special guest this week. His name is Joseph Riggy, and he's the head of the Our War Path Apostolate. You're going to get a chance to learn all about that here in a minute. Joseph, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you here today.
2: Thank you for having me on, Joe. Uh we got two Joes on the podcast today, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, the Joe and Joe show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I like it. Sounds good. I like it. Joseph,
1: for the benefit of listeners, uh will you please tell us a bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, sure. So my name's Joseph Riggy. Uh, I was born and raised in Idaho. Uh however, my my parents well my mom is from the east coast originally my family's from the east coast uh, but my dad is uh, from Iran actually and he's a convert Uh, so he was you know he practiced Islam and he 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 was Muslim and he converted to the Catholic faith after he married my mom a few years after he married my mom but yeah so I was born in Idaho always baptized Catholic raised Catholic I went to Uh, Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth in Idaho. And then I attended a Catholic boarding school uh, from freshman year to graduation uh, in Illinois, a Catholic boarding school in Illinois. And then after that, uh, well, I've just been in college since then. And as of now, I'm just, I'm attending Boise State University, uh, studying psychology. And um, yeah, so I have a little bit of time left at Boise State, but then I'm done there. But that kind of sums up, kind of where I, my life, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how old are you now, Joe? i 24 years old. 24. And Joseph, now I'm going to tell you, very few members of the Six Pack Warrior Nation have ever heard of the uh, the Our Warpath Apostolate. Mm-hmm. Will you please explain what Our Warpath is, what it does, and how it came into being?
2: Yeah, sure, no problem. So. Some people think our warpath is kind of just a you know it's just a website, uh, but it, it's a lot more than that. Our warpath is it's a very intense way of life, committed to raising the bar on what it means to be Catholic. We are an organization that gives the resources and tools Catholics need. you know we're, we're led by young men and women, and uh, one of our main goals is to do away with everything that is not of God and replace it only with those that those things that bring us closer to him. Um, you know, yeah. And in our mission statement, you know, I think the most crucial part of that, our mission statement is our warpath is a, is the three pronged counterattack against mediocrity on the individual level. It is living a difficult and disciplined life mentally, physically, and spiritually knowingly and willingly accepting the sacrifice that comes with such a life. And I think that's one of the key things right there, knowingly and willingly accepting that sacrifice, because a lot of times people complain about what's going on in their lives. You know, they're having hardships, they're having sufferings. That that's that's part of the Catholic life. Being Catholic, you know that you can't be a good Catholic unless you're having crosses. You know that you can't be a good Catholic Amen. unless your suffering is ongoing. Uh, yeah, I forget what saint it is, but he said, well, "I'm paraphrasing along the lines of basically something's going wrong." Something's wrong if you're not suffering. Something's wrong if there isn't a cross. And, you know, his cross at the time was, well, he didn't think he had any crosses. He wasn't going through uh, spiritual desolation. He wasn't having any issues with families or friends or people around him. So he was wondering what's going on. And it turned out that his cross was not having a cross in a sense. So God's always going to give us crosses, but we we have to accept that. And we have to willingly accept that. And that's how we grow as Catholics. Uh, So what our Warpath does, so we're giving people those tools that they need to live, not just Catholic lives, but great Catholic lives, especially young adults. You know, each day we we have daily quotes, we have daily meditations, we have daily spiritual readings, we have movie reviews, book reviews, uh, music reviews, uh, daily sacrifices, and intentions to pray for. So every day people send us an intentions and we post them and have people say a decade for the intention, whether it be, you know, praying for our military or praying for our clergy. But we're giving people all that content and all the content on our website is original other than the spiritual reading, which we take from spiritual reading books from the saints. Everything is original. So we're giving Catholics, you know, content that's coming from us, you know, and I think we want to make, everything original because it it helps connect people more so our our meditations which people love our meditations and that's because people like myself people of my age male and female they're they're sitting at home writing these meditations going through perhaps maybe what they're going through or just what the average person our age or in our times is going through so they're they're relatable and they're relevant i think that's what people really love about our warpath Uh, you know, we also do have podcasts as well, uh, that people can listen to and, um, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're really giving people all the tools they need and, you know, upcoming, we have retreats coming soon. So uh, there's a, there's a lot coming soon. Um, but there, there's so much content already on the website that people can, uh, watch and listen to and see. Um, yeah, so our Warpath started, uh, interestingly enough, so, I went to a Catholic boarding school in Illinois, and after I graduated, uh, myself, my brother, and, and a few friends were thinking to ourselves, you know, we need to do an alumni website for alumni. You know, every every school has an alumni association, and th- we need to build a, a website for it. And so as we're building it, we're thinking to ourselves, we're looking at all the content that we're coming up with, and we're thinking to ourselves, this is this is a lot bigger Than just one school. What we're going to be offering shouldn't just stick, shouldn't just stay with one school. And so we scrapped the idea of doing something for the alum, no, a website for alumni. And we decided we're going to make a website for all Catholics, any Catholic. If you're baptized, you can use it. Even if you aren't baptized, you can use it. If you're going to find content on our website that's going to help you, take it. It's all yours and use it to the best of your ability. Use it in your daily life if you can. So that's that's where we started. Uh, so we finished that. And well, we've been going for about two years now. We started we started two years ago on the Feast of St. Michael. Uh, so yeah, so we've been going for about two-ish years, over two years now.
1: Okay. But your content, because you guys are young and obviously right and uh, such as young people, mm-hmm. your content is geared toward. Young Catholics, correct?
2: Yes, it's 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 geared to Catholics of all ages, but especially young Catholics. Uh, with with the articles we're writing and the podcast topics and our challenges, we have challenges, and, and they're meant for young adults. It's meant for people to, especially young adults, because we're we're in it, we're in a very interesting time. You know, two thousand and twenty one is like, our times are crazy, and, and people really living extremely pleasurable lives uh in, in a bad way and so what we're trying to do is to get young catholics to stand up for their faith in in the smallest of ways first before they can continue in in a sense take over the world uh you know and one of our quote of our quote for today actually on our website is You know, you want to change the world, but you do not even have the strength to change that in your life, which is already keeping you back from God. So we're kind of reaching out to young Catholics saying, listen, guys, we can do a lot of good for this world. But first, let's change in our lives what's wrong. Let's exercise more. Let's eat better. Let's read more. Let's actually meditate. Let's actually pray. But before you do all of this, before you try to, you know, all take over the world, you have to start small. So, we're going to start by changing our diet a little bit. We're going to start by maybe running half a mile or maybe running one mile. We're going to start by just saying our rosary. And then you build upon that. You say a rosary, you do a five minute meditation. Then, after months of being consistent and building upon those habits, building upon that foundation, you're able to, you know, maybe do a 20 minute meditation. And maybe now you're Reading, have a spiritual reading book, and you're reading from the Bible. So you build that foundation. And from there, you're able not only to to be a better Catholic, but you're going to start setting an example for other Catholics. And that's the big thing. People, As young Catholics, a lot of us don't understand. We kind of think, hey, we live insignificant lives. We're not going to do anything. We can't change anything. In a sense, that's true. We're not going to be able to just, boom, change whatever it is maybe the catholic situation the political situation we're not gonna be able to do that but if one of us decides to stand up and lead by example what happens well i like to picture it as you know we're kind of like one candle and one little flame and soon enough you light other candles and then you just have this huge fire glowing and that's what happens and that's what we've been able to do with our warpath you know we started out with five people following us. And now we have thousands of people following us. And I would have never thought we're even where we are right now, only in two years, having thousands of followers, but you know, we're touching souls every day. And that's, that's what we're able to do. And that's what young Catholics are able to do. And we have to understand that we actually live very important lives. Even if you think very much, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane how important our lives are. And every time we come into contact with a soul, we touch them For all eternity, because we're even leaving, we're either leaving a good example on them or a bad example and everything, everything has, you know, every action has a consequence. So everything we say to someone, everything we do is going to have some kind of influence on that person. So if we're leading by example, we're going to have a good effect on them. if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then we're not going to have a good effect on them. And that includes silence because that, that's one of my biggest uh, – I guess you'd call it pet peeves, but I get so kind of – I get so going when people aren't saying anything because that's worse than saying the wrong thing, I think. You know, at yeah. least have the – for me, have the guts to stand up for something. It takes a courageous man to stand up for the truth, and it also takes a courageous man to stand up for what – if it's not the truth, but he believes wholeheartedly in that. That takes courage. What doesn't take courage, though, is silence. You know, I, I believe – my own saying that i kind of came up with for myself is there is no such thing as neutrality you're either with god right. or you're against him there's no such thing as neutrality if you think oh i'm being charitable by being quiet no you're not <laughs> no you're not you're not standing up for what's right so so it's time to you know do what you're supposed to be doing you know get up and fight the good fight but, yeah.
1: joe you're singing out of my hymn book <laughs> the uh, the cantankerous catholic motto is Comfort and conviction don't live on the same block Yep, so, I see. you're basically saying the same thing and if I could really kind of sum up in a word what our war path is, it's
2: really Catholic basic training yeah more or less we're very That's great yeah we're very uh we're very militant you know, we have our schedules and we know what we need to do. We know what need to fight for. And it really is, you know, basic training and you get those foundational principles that you need. You get that foundation. And from there, which is basically kind of your basic training and you build upon that to a point where you get to the level of, you know, like I said, we're going to be having retreats soon, men's retreats. So you get to a point where, you know, you think you're strong enough to go on an intense retreat with us. uh, And so you do that. So, you know, you're, you're constantly building. Um, but yeah, I, I like the way you put it. Uh, it's basic training camp kind of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The, and I want to stress for the six back warriors, Joe was talking about being militant. He's talking about standing up, and being courageous. And that's exactly what every Catholic is morally obligated to do. However, I want to tell you all something because I don't want you to be misled. God calls us to do these things, but He never calls on us to be successful, only to be willing and do it. If there's success, that's Him,
2: not us. That's the way it works yeah that's that's uh, a that's a really huge point actually because yeah, for us, you know someone asks, well, how are you building how are you measuring your success?" And for me, I said, well, we're a nonprofit for a reason. We're measuring our success off of the souls we touch. The more souls we are able to touch, then we know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Success in the sense of whether it is a spiritual success, but a a natural success. You know, like building a big organization. That's all secondary. That's secondary to what we're actually fighting for, which is touching more and more souls, touching as many souls as we
1: can. Amen. Amen. There are a couple of things you said I want to comment on. One of them is early in this you mentioned that things are supposed to be hard for Catholics. Yeah. And really Jesus promised us that whenever he talked about the narrow gate and the wide gate.
2: Mhm.
1: So, yeah, I've never understood Catholics who think life is supposed to be easy. If it's easy, you're not being a Catholic. You're
2: not not being a Catholic. (laughs) You're not not embracing the cross, and that's what it's all about. And what, what I tell people sometimes is, listen, pain is, no matter what, you're going to run into pain. No matter what kind of life you live, you will run into pain. Pain is always following. Suffering is always going to be following you around. If you're Catholic, you're going to find suffering. Even if you're not Catholic, you're gonna find difficulties in your life that are gonna bring about suffering. So if you're already bat if you're already baptized, why not suffer for Christ? Because in that suffering, you're going to it's it's building you're getting to your end, which is heaven. But if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, yeah, you were you're gonna have some pleasures, but you're gonna end up suffering and it's not gonna have any purpose.
1: Absolutely. You know, Joe, I worked for decades in prison apostolate. And the particular system that I worked in, there was immense suffering. It was a cruel system. It was a terrible system. And there was immense suffering. And I used to tell the men that I worked with, you have a choice every morning. You can either waste this suffering." or you can offer it up to God in reparation for your own sins yep. and the sins of the world and for the holy souls in purgatory, mm-hmm. which would you rather do? Be miserable all the time or be joyful about your suffering? Yeah. Because offering it back to God as a gift is joyful. Mm-hmm. It creates joyfulness. So I'm I'm sorry, I had to throw that in. Oh no, I- yeah,
2: I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you 100%. You know, it's. It's that's where you get your I think people get so bogged down by their sufferings and they need to understand that, you know, the hope that God is giving you in certain circumstances, you're going to find hope in that suffering. A lot of people think that, you know, in suffering, you're only going to find kind of sorrow. It's not true. You're going to find that joy. You're going to find that hope because in that suffering, you're going to be able to recognize and understand that in doing what you're supposed to be doing and accepting that cross, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're doing what God is actually asking you to do, and that's where you're going to gain that hope. That's where you're going to gain that joy because you're going to know, whoa, I know I'm sorry now, but I'm on the right track. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and in the end, it will be profitable.
1: Amen. You know, I'm at the lowest point in my life from the world's view. A devastating stroke. We had everything stolen from us. We lost a half million dollars. We live on about a little over two grand a month now. and I can't do things. I, we just have, from the world standpoint, a miserable life. Yet, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. Absolutely. Because God shows me every single day how he looks out for us, how he takes care of us. And I get an opportunity to offer all of this suffering back to him. And as we pointed out, that's very joyful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you know that statistics from Keras say that 70% of Catholics get 100% of their Catholic information from your Parish Sunday Bulletin? After my pastor mentioned to me that he'd like to find a way to catechize the whole parish without setting up a class, this little statistic inspired an idea. With my pastor's permission, I began writing a bulletin insert called What We Believe, Why We Believe It. Since it's merely inserted into the bulletin, it's intrusive, meaning that parishioners have to remove it to read the bulletin. In the process, they read this little thumbnail catechism lesson, and they let Father know that they love them. You see, I teach the faith with stories, anecdotes, and parables. They're not your typically boring catechesis. And best of all, I teach why we're supposed to believe the church's teachings, which affirms your parishioners in their faith. As a convert and consecrated member of the Marian Catechist apostolate under the direction of Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, I teach the entire faith, even tackling the really tough moral issues. You can learn more by watching an 11-minute video by clicking the link in my show notes that says Six-Pack System Bulletin Inserts. So you can try it without risk, you can get it for three months. You can even download three samples while you're on the page with the video. This is ideal for good priests who want to help their parishioners become fully catechized, And a lot of lay people get a subscription for their parish as a way to support the parish without having to give the bishop any of their money. To learn more, click on the link in my show notes that says Six Pack System Bulletin Inserts. It just requires 11 minutes of your time.
0: Joe Six Pack The Every Catholic Guy wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's Top 5 Catholic News Picks for this episode. Catholic News Pick Number 5 Hats
1: off to the Daily Wire. Lawmakers from both parties have been clamoring for the Biden administration to do more to help Americans trapped outside the gates of Kabul Airport to get inside. Representative Mike Waltz, a former colonel, said Biden has ordered the gates closed. Our fellow Americans will soon be left behind. Unbelievable and unforgivable. Representative Andy Kim pleaded with a senior State Department official to help him rescue Americans who were just outside the airport's gates. I asked directly for a phone number American citizens can call if, in an emergency like this, family stuck at the gate. I was told no such number exists. Those are fighting words! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Catholic News Pick Number 4
1: Hats off to The Daily Wire Just two weeks ago, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler implored citizens to join him, quote, in making a commitment to protect those around us by wearing a mask at all times while indoors, end quote. Yet, in a recent photo, Wheeler is seen without a mask at an indoor meeting. His office said the order exempts those who are, quote, actively eating and or drinking, end quote, No food or drink was visible near Wheeler in the photo.
0: No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic
0: Catholic news pick pick number
1: number three. three. Hats off to the New York Post. COVID-19 vaccine skeptic Alad Berenson has been permanently banned from Twitter for sending a tweet that stated in part, It doesn't stop infection or transmission. Don't think of it as a vaccine. The one-time New York Times reporter said he is considering all legal options. We have reached a dangerous moment. Social media companies that have audiences which dwarf any other are now actively censoring reporters at the behest of governments, he said. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Catholic Catholic News Pick Number 2
1: Hats off to the Catholic Vote Pennsylvania's natural gas surge has the United States poised to profit from global markets, but critics warn that it could all be upended if pretender Biden and the Democrats eliminate fossil fuels through a Green New Deal. Natural gas went from an irrelevant source of electricity to generating over half of Pennsylvania's electricity today. Katie Tubbs, senior policy analyst at the Conservative Heritage Foundation, told Catholic Vote, affordable and abundant natural gas has translated into electricity prices in Pennsylvania that are cheaper than the national average and has created new economic opportunities.
0: Despicable!
1: You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic
0: Catholic News Pick pick Number 1
1: Hats off to Catholic News Agency Cardinal Raymond Burke issued a statement of thanks to healthcare professionals, those who prayed for him, and especially God, who has brought me to this point of healing and recovery. Since initial reports that he was very ill with COVID 19, Cardinal Burke has been transferred from an ICU to a hospital room where he continues his recovery.
2: I like that!
1: You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
2: I am hard, but I am fair!
1: When I was a kid, I used to laugh at old pictures of my grandfather and how his mother dressed him when he was a kid. Boy, those sure were some funny-looking clothes mothers put on their sons back in those days. I remember thinking how my grandfather and his little friends looked like sissies in their clothes. Fast forward 50 years. The other day, I was looking at some old family photos from when I was a little boy. It struck me how my mother dressed me when I was little. I had to smile at the memory of what I thought about my grandfather's dress when he was the same age as I was in those pictures. What goes around comes around, because I was thinking how much I looked like a sissy in those pictures. Fact is, my grandfather was no sissy. He was every bit a man, and I'm certain he was all boy when he was a kid. In fact, I'm certain of it because I remember stories he told me of his own childhood. The boy who looked like a sissy in those old photographs was anything but a sissy, and he was doing a man's work by the time he was ten, learning his father's trade as a blacksmith. Neither was I a sissy, despite how my mother dressed me. I, too, was all boy. I recall seeing my mother on laundry day going through my pockets before washing my clothes. She'd get a look on her face like she was about to get her hand cut off and held my pants out at arm's length as she stuck that hand in my pants' pockets. I asked her when I was older why she did that. She told me it was because she never knew what she might find in my pockets. (laughs) She said it could be a dead snake or a frog or some other creature she couldn't identify. Yeah, I was all boy, despite the clothing of the time. But something has happened since those days, and I really can't put my finger on what it is. When my grandfather got older, he began choosing his own clothes and dressed like a man. The same thing happened to me. When I was 12 and had to begin buying my own clothes with money I'd earned for myself, I began dressing like a man. That doesn't seem to be the case these days, though. Time was when a man took pride in how he looked, and was perceived by others, especially other men. His face was clean-shaven, his shoes polished, his clothes unwrinkled and cleaned, his hair combed. Men tried to look like, well, men. Today, however, men aren't that way. There's nothing wrong with a beard, but many men don't grow beards. They simply go days at a time without dragging the razor across their whiskers, so they go around looking like they've been on a four-day drunk or they're homeless. Men who work with their hands have never necessarily worn polished shoes and worn unwrinkled clothes, but they did at least comb their hair and look neat, even if their work made them dirty. I guess what I'm trying to say is, men these days never bother to grow up, and it shows in their personal appearances. How a man dresses and his personal appearance demonstrates self-respect and that he respects the opinions of others. A man's personal appearance also shows how much he respects others, especially how he respects our Lord at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. When I see men coming to Mass wearing t-shirts and cargo shorts with sandals, I wonder why they're still letting their mommies dress them. After all, they're not there to visit Mommy. They're there to spend time in the worship and adoration of the creator of the universe who is coming to them under the appearances of bread and wine. A man who dresses like he's going to a picnic isn't showing any respect at all toward his creator. Does how we dress for mass really matter? Well, in and of itself, dressing is morally neutral, as long as it's modest. But it really does matter, because how we dress for mass demonstrates a man's attitude. When a man dresses sloppily for Mass, he's telling everyone his focus is on his own comfort and not at all on the incarnate Word of God who reposes in the tabernacle and will soon be on the altar and received in Holy Communion. I hear both men and women say they dress the way they do because it's more comfortable or that it's cooler in the warm weather. Comfort. That seems to be what we're all about these days, and that priority is the very antithesis of Catholic spirituality. I recall a group of the Little Sisters of the Poor living in a very hot climate of the country where the humidity always made it feel like it was 10 to 20 degrees hotter than it really was. They cared for the elderly and the dying who couldn't afford to take care of themselves. Where their charges lived was air-conditioned and comfortable, as one would expect for those being cared for by these remarkable sisters. But the sisters' living area had no air-conditioning, and they wore traditional wool habits. The chaplain for the sisters thought the reason they didn't have air-conditioning was because they couldn't afford it, so he purchased a central air unit to be delivered and installed as a surprise for the sisters. When the workmen showed up to install the unit, Mother Superior sent them back to town with the unit. When Father called Mother Superior to ask why she refused the gift, Mother said, I don't think Jesus had air conditioning on the cross. I don't think Jesus was comfortable on the cross. Hmm. Lots to think about in her words, isn't there? I'm not advocating doing away with air conditioning or going out of your way to be uncomfortable. I'm merely trying to drive home two principles of Catholic spirituality. One principle is comfort isn't a priority. Being uncomfortable once in a while can be offered up to God as a gift in reparation for your sins and the sins of the world. It makes you a better Catholic, a better man, and a step closer to becoming a saint, which is our primary purpose in life. The other principle I'm trying to drive home is, we men must set the example for our families and the community, and we owe Jesus Christ all the respect and love we can show Him for His sacrifice on the cross. If you've ever seen Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ, then you've seen a pretty good depiction of what our Lord went through, for you. And no makeup artist in the world could show the Christ in that movie how he really looked because one saint described Jesus on the cross as one open, gaping wound. We owe him our best. Men, we need to keep in mind that our rightful role, demanded by Almighty God, is that we're the spiritual head of our household. It's our responsibility to set the example for our children, our wives, and those outside the fold of the Catholic Church. Mommy doesn't dress you anymore. It's time to put on your big boy pants, literally. It's time to grow up and be a man. Men, how can you expect your children to be the sort of adults you want them to be if you don't set the example? You can't merely do the minimums and expect them to do the same, because human nature doesn't work that way. Those you want to set the example for will never do as much as you do. So whatever you do, they'll do even less. You have to go above and beyond what's comfortable for you. If you won't do it for Christ, then at least do it for the sake of your children. Take charge of your household, as God has ordained in Ephesians 5 and 6. After you clean up your rack, insist that your sons dress like they're going to visit God, because they are. Insist that your daughters dress in a way appealing to God rather than appealing to men, that they dress as they would have at the foot of the cross while Jesus hangs there dying for their sins. Not only will you and your family be showing Jesus the proper respect, but you'll also be going a long way to keeping your children mindful of their duties under the Sixth and the Ninth Commandments, those commandments that deal with sexual purity. I'd be willing to wager that if you could listen to your teenage children's conversations with their friends, pay attention to the shows and movies they watch, check out what they do on the Internet, and review what it is they read, you'd find they don't have a huge priority in their lives for those two commandments. Don't worry, I'm nowhere near done with the topic of being a Catholic parent. There'll be more. When I realized that God was leading me into podcasting with the cantankerous Catholic, I knew it was for more than just serving you and saying what I say and doing what I do. Circumstances have recently caused me to see the next step. Some of you are going to be called by God to participate in this next step because you love souls and our holy and ancient faith. If you're a regular listener, you'll recall that I spent weeks promoting the idea that some of you need to get into the heat of spiritual battle by starting your own podcast. The other day I read a statistic that led me to believe that it's necessary now more than ever. Statistics show that attendance at Mass has increased for women, but men have virtually disappeared. The reasons are varied. The relevant point is that we need to get men back because there can be no family and no Catholic church without strong Catholic men. I had to learn the podcasting business in order to take the next step that I'm convinced God wants me to take. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be forming a Catholic podcasting network. I'll be inviting some very good independent Catholic podcasters into the network. More important to you, though, I'm imploring you to consider developing and launching a podcast of your own to join this new network. I'm working out the system so you'll even be able to earn revenues with your podcast if you join the network. Don't think that your age, circumstances, talents, or lack thereof will keep you from launching a podcast. I'm old, in a wheelchair, can use only one arm, and my brain and mouth are rarely in sync. I sound good to most of you on the show, but you ought to hear it before the audio editing. Trust me, you can do it. I'm willing and anxious to help any and all of you who are willing to work with me to develop a podcast of your own for this network. It'll take me time. It'll cost me thousands of dollars that I don't have, but God's proven to me that he's a very generous banker when I'm doing what he wants me to do. Bottom line, this will get done. If you're interested in the possibility of starting a podcast that can be part of this network that can reach millions of souls and save the church from its current problems, reach out to me. Let's start a conversation today, now. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Isidore of Seville. He said, Confession heals. Confession justifies. Confession grants pardon of sin. All hope consists in confession." In confession, there is a chance for mercy. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A thief was burglarizing the house of a very rich old man. He was frightened when he heard the rich man entering his home and tried to make a getaway by climbing through the side window. The old man went to the porch and saw the burglar climbing the fence with the bag of precious goods he'd stolen. The victim shouted to the thief, You may keep what you've stolen. I give it to you. The rich man was very kind. He knew that the burglar was breaking the seventh commandment by stealing and that the sin was hurting God, so he let the thief know that what had been stolen was a gift. Though the thief had sinned, he was nonetheless relieved of his obligation to restore the goods by the old man's gift of them. The rich man would rather lose his property than let the burglar be further guilty by failing to make restitution.
0: This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy.